Welcome to Lessons from the Helpful Dead, where you'll learn the world is not what it seems and you are much more than you think you are. Here you'll learn positive, reassuring messages from supposedly dead people whose main purpose is to help us. Find out what happens after we die, why we're here, how we got here, where we're going, and discover that you are really a powerful, eternal spirit. I'm Dan McEnany. Since we're going to rely on the input of Seth for so much of the material for future sessions, I thought it would be a good idea to first spend this session, and maybe another one, describing the environment in which uh, Seth operates. He described that environment way back in 1970, which is uh, what about uh, seven years after he started communicating through uh, Jane Roberts. So here, in his own words, is a description of the environment in which Seth exists. Please keep in mind that he often speaks in a humorous manner. While my environment differs in rather important respects from that of my readers, I can assure you with ironic understatement that it is as vivid, varied, and vital as physical existence. It is more pleasurable, though my ideas of pleasure have changed some since I was a physical being being more rewarding, and offering far greater opportunities for creative achievement. My present existence is the most challenging one that I have known, and I have known many, both physical and non-physical. There is not just one dimension in which non-physical consciousness resides. Any more than there is only one country on your planet, or one planet within your solar system. My environment now is not the one in which you will find yourself immediately after death. I cannot help speaking humorously, but you must die many times before you enter this particular plane of existence. Birth is much more of a shock than death. Sometimes when you die, you do not realize it. But birth almost always implies a sharp and sudden recognition. So there is no need to fear death, and I, who have died more times than I care to tell, write this book to tell you so. My work in this environment provides far more challenge than any you know, and it also necessitates the manipulation of creative materials that are nearly beyond your present comprehension. I will say more of this shortly. First of all, you must understand that no objective reality exists but that which is created by consciousness. Consciousness always creates form and not the other way around. So my environment is a reality of existence created by myself and others like me, and it represents the manifestation of our development. We do not use permanent structures. There is not a city or a town, for example, in which I dwell. I do not mean to imply that we are off an empty space. For one thing, we do not think of space as you do, and we form whatever particular images we want to surround us. They are created by our mental patterns, just as your own physical reality is created in perfect replica of your inner desires and thoughts. You think that objects exist independently of you, not realizing that they are instead the manifestations of your own psychological and psychic selves. We realize that we form our own reality, and therefore we do so with considerable joy and creative abandon. In my, my environment, you would be highly disoriented, for it would seem to you as if it lacked coherency. We are aware of the inner laws that govern all, quote, materializations, however. I can have it be night or day in your terms, as I prefer, or any period, say, of your history. 
These changing forms would in no way bother my associates, for they would take them as immediate clues as to my mood, feelings, and ideas. Permanency and stability basically have nothing to do with form, but with the integration of pleasure, purpose, accomplishment, and identity. I, quote, travel to many other levels of existence in order to fulfill my duties, which are primarily those of a teacher and educator, and I use whatever aids and techniques serve me best within those systems. In other words, I may teach the same lesson in many different ways, according to the abilities and assumptions that are inherent in any given system in which I must operate. I use one portion of myself from many personalities that are available to my identity in these communications. In other systems of reality, this particular Seth personality that I, the larger Seth identity, adopt here, would not be understood. All systems of reality are not physically oriented, you see, and some are entirely unacquainted with physical form. Nor is sex, as you understand it, natural to them. Therefore, I would not communicate as a male personality who has lived many physical existence, existences, though this is a legitimate and valid portion of my identity. Now, in my home environment, I assume whatever shape I please, and it may vary, and does, with the nature of my thoughts. You however, you, however, form your own physical image at an unconscious level in more or less the same manner, but with some important differences. You usually do not realize that your physical body is created by you at each moment as a direct result of your inner conception of what you are, or that it changes in important chemical and electromagnetic ways with the ever-moving pace of your own thought. Having long ago recognized the dependence of form upon consciousness, we have simply been able to change our forms entirely so they more faithfully follow each nuance of our inner experience. This ability to change form is an inherent characteristic of any consciousness. Only the degree of proficiency and actualization varies. You can see this in your own system in a slowed down version when you observe the changing forms taken by, taken by living matter through its, quote, evolutionary history. Seth has debunked evolution. Now, we can also take several forms at one time, so to speak. But you can also do this, although you do not generally realize it. Your physical form can lie sleeping and inert upon the bed, while your consciousness travels in a dream form to places quite distant. Simultaneously, you may create a, quote, thought form of yourself, identical in every respect, and this may appear in the room of a friend, quite without your conscious awareness. So consciousness is not limited as to the forms it can create at any given time. Practically speaking, we are rather more advanced along these lines than you, and when we create such forms, we do so with complete awareness. I share my field of existence with others who have more or less the same challenges to meet, the same overall pattern of development. Some I have known and others I have not. We communicate telepathically, but then again, Telepathy is the basis for your languages, without which their symbolism would be meaningless. Because we do communicate in this manner, that does not necessarily mean that we use mental words, for we do not. We communicate instead through what I, what I can only call thermal and electromagnetic images. 
that are capable of supporting much more meaning in one, quote, sequence. The intensity of the communication is dependent upon the emotional intensity behind it, although the phrase emotional intensity may be misleading. We do feel an equivalent of what you call emotions, though these are not the love or hate or anger that you know. Your feelings can best be described as the three-dimensional materializations of far greater psychological events and experiences that are related to the, quote, inner senses. I'll explain those senses later, uh, but suffice it to say here that we have strong emotional experience, although it differs in large measure from your own. It's far less limited and far more expansive in that we are also aware and responsive to the emotional climate as a whole. We are much freer to feel and experience because we, we are not so afraid of being swept away by feeling. Our identities do not feel threatened, for example, by the strong emotions of another. We're able to travel through emotions in a way that is not now natural to you and to translate them into other facets of creativity than those with which you are familiar. We do not feel the need to conceal emotions, for we know it's basically impossible and undesirable. Within your system, they can appear troublesome because you have not yet learned how to use them. We are only now learning their full potential and the powers of creativity with which they are connected. Since we realize that our identity is not dependent upon form, we do not fear changing it knowing that we can adopt any form we desire. We do not know death in your terms. Our existence takes us into many other environments, and we blend into these. We follow what rules of form exist within these environments. All of us here are teachers, and we therefore adapt our methods also, so that they will make sense to the personalities with varying ideas of reality. Consciousness is not dependent upon form, as I have said, yet it always seeks to create form. We do not exist in any time framework, as you know it. Minutes, hours, or years have lost their meaning and their fascination. We are quite aware of the time situations within other systems, however, and we must take them into account in our communications. Otherwise, what we say would not be understood. There are no real barriers to separate the systems of which I speak. The only separation is brought about by the varying abilities of personalities to perceive and manipulate. You exist in the midst of many other systems of reality, for example, but you do not perceive them. And even when some event intrudes from these systems into your own three-dimensional existence, you're not able to interpret it, for it is distorted by the very fact of entry. I told you we do not experience your time sequence. We travel through various intensities. Our work, development, and experience all takes place within what I term the moment point. Here within the moment point, the smallest thought is brought to fruition, the slightest possibility explored, the probabilities thoroughly examined, the least or the most forceful feeling entertained. It is difficult to explain this clearly, and yet the moment point is the framework within which we have our psychological experience. Within it, simultaneous actions follow freely through associative patterns. For example, pretend that I think of you, Joseph, uh, that would, would be uh, Jane's husband. In so doing, I immediately experience and uh, fully, <clears throat> and fully 
uh, immediately experience and fully experience your past, present, and future in your terms, and all of those strong or determining emotions and motivations that have ruled you. I can travel through those experiences with you if I choose. We can follow a consciousness through all of its forms, for example, and in your terms, within the flicker of an eye. Now, it takes study, development, and experience before an identity can learn to hold its own stability in the face of such constant stimuli. And many of us have gotten lost, even forgetting who we were until we once more awakened to ourselves. Much of this is quite automatic to us now. In the infinite varieties of consciousness, we're still aware of only a small percentage of the entire banks of personalities that exist. For our, quote, vacations, we visit amid quite simple life forms and blend with them. To this extent, we indulge in relaxation and sleep, for we can spend a century as a tree or as an uncomplicated life form in another reality. We delight our consciousness with the enjoyment of simple existence. We may create, you see, the forest in which we grow. Usually, however, we are highly active, our full energies focused in our work and in new challenges. We can form from ourselves, from our own psychological entirety, other personalities whenever we wish. These, however, must then develop according to their own merit, using the creative abilities inherent in them. They are free to go their own way. We do not do this lightly, however. I'm going to stop reading here and ask you to reflect a bit and maybe do more than reflect. Stop and think and imagine what all of this implies. Think about comparing our reality to theirs. They are spirits who teach and their capabilities are so much more complex, so much greater than what we take for granted as our limited abilities, although we actually have much greater abilities than we realize. Compare our attachment to form, for example, whereas they can take on any form they wish, any time they wish. They're not emotionally attached to any particular form, whereas we are very attached to our particular form at any stage of our life. We're used to uh, an orderly progression of events, uh, one after another, and yet they can be aware of and deal with many events happening at the same time. We have our permanent structures, our buildings and highways and airports and everything else. We can't imagine our existence without these permanent structures, including our homes, of course, whereas they just don't need them. They can, of course, create any type of structure they wish at any time, but they choose not to. And consider how important emotions are to us and how important it is that we don't always let others know about our emotions. Compare that to their freewheeling existence in which their emotions are known immediately to all of their cohorts. And, of course, we have to communicate with words and books and podcasts and such, whereas they just have mental patterns that exist, something similar to what we talked about with thought balls in previous discussions. Those discussions related to Bob Monroe's experiences when he was out of body. Compare the hunger, starvation, and the brutal treatment and imprisonment that millions of us humans experience with their environment, where they can create whatever they want, when they want, 
There's no scarcity, no lack of food. And of course, that's, that's especially pertinent right now to us in the United States as we see millions of impoverished people coming here looking for a better life. And they are just a tiny fraction of the people experiencing the illness and starvation and the lack of any decent housing. And consider this. They have many personalities available to them that they can use to communicate in any particular reality they want to enter. So then personalities to them are something that uh, they can uh, use from a, choose from a wide variety and also they can form other personalities whenever they want to. Now those personalities then have to go their own way as much like we uh, are kind of uh, created in a sense by our big selves and then we have to go our way and create what we wish as discussed in a number of previous uh, episodes. And surprisingly, with all of their capabilities and all their awareness, Seth says that they're still aware of only a very small number of the realities <laughs> that exist. And so that is um, kind of something, I think, very positive along the lines of the point that I made in um, We Are All Tourists, which is that, you know, when we're finished with uh, the Earth-Life-Death uh, sequence as spirits, we don't just exist in some boring heaven. We go on and on and on through any different realities we choose, accepting whatever challenges we have. But of course, we'll have much greater capabilities at our disposal. So I'll conclude with this observation. Although Seth said we'll have to die many times before we could be in an environment where he is, and that kind of existence would be far, far in our, quote, future Although when you consider that time and space are really things we have adop adapted to here and we accept them as root assumptions, in, an in another sense, beyond this human time-space illusion, we are already there, in a sense. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's something to think about, and we consider our daily lives... Uh, to be part of a big reality that is uh, it's here and it's the only one we know. But gosh, we then have to think uh, there are so many other countless realities and so much further progress for us to make with our own capabilities. Now, Seth's description has given us a lot of food for thought along these lines. And in the next session, I'll uh, go on with some more of his observations and, and once again, I'm Dan McEnany bringing you lessons from the helpful dead.